0: This is the World of raw Podcast. And now your host, standing at 6'4", 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos. All right, folks, sit back, relax, and crank up your volumes on your headsets, your stereos, whatever you're doing to listen to this podcast. Now, time to get into the world of Ro. I'm your host. My name is Roel Santos. I am a second-generation high school graduate. I am also a comedy event sightseer. I'm a fan of Austin, Texas. I'm a proud father, family man, why husband? I almost said wife. What is up with that? I was going to say I love my wife. I do love my wife. And this is my podcast. Welcome to the show, guys. I give it to you every single Friday. There are two great ways that you can help out my podcast. Are you ready for them? You ready? You listening? You listening? Okay, so number one is visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash roll of row. You could donate a couple of bucks, 50 cents, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever type of dollars. Also, you can go to iTunes if you have an iPhone or iPad, MacBook, iPod touch leave a review there for me on iTunes five stars I'm cranking up some reviews now and I'm you know what I'm actually going to do I'm going to actually start reading a couple of them spontaneously to kind of let y'all know the type of feedback I get and I read every single review by the way (laughs) I really do so if you could take the time to do that I would really appreciate it people so thank you okay guys wow what a week so far I mean what a weekend So it's been amazing, and as you guessed it, yes, I am driving. I'm driving home. I'm actually about to stop at my local H-E-B grocery store to pick up some stuff. I'm on the honey-do list for the wife. Every time she does this, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm down. I got to take care of you, take care of you and my baby girl and my son who's growing right now. A couple of months now, guys, in June, he'll be here. But, you know, I had a I had an amazing weekend coming into the week. I've been just ugh, dragging. I don't know if I'm sleeping too long or if I'm, I'm getting restless nights. Does that happen to you? Is it happening lately? Is it because I may be having too much caffeine? It probably is the too much caffeine. Anyway, so a couple of things I'm going to talk about. One was, obviously, I'm going to talk to you about uh, the comedy show that i went to this past weekend in austin and uh my whole day with that it was actually a lot of fun I, my dad came into town i bought him a ticket to go to go with me to austin to see mark marin my dad hadn't been in austin in years it's been such a long time since he's been out there so i took him and we had a great time and before we went to the show we met up with aaron who i name drop on this podcast every single episode just about it seems he uh he's a great friend like i've mentioned he's one of my best friends i've known him for such a long time and we got together and we had lunch at toss pizzeria shout out to justin de La cruz who is also somebody i've known since high school he lives in austin and it's his business he's one of the managing partners there and if you guys are in austin texas and you want to check out some great pizza you definitely i mean definitely got to go out there and check out check out that uh, pizza joint it's amazing the environment is awesome Justin if you're listening to this I really love the pizza the brisket pizza is awesome the supreme was awesome we got to sit down and hang out with Aaron my dad and I and I hadn't seen Aaron in about five years it seems like but it seems like it was like the next day because we've just always been able to keep up a conversation and kind of pick up where we left off from the previous one almost Uh, my dad hadn't seen him since after high school which is crazy I didn't know it had been such a long time. I mean, Aaron's been married for a while. My dad's like, hey, how long have you been married, Aaron? Five years. I'm like, no, he's going on 10, dude. He's like, whoa. I was like, yeah. 10, he's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. I'm really happy I got to see him. Hopefully, that's more to come. And that was that was kind of like a good way to to kind of start the evening off. And it was only for like an hour and 20 minutes or maybe even an hour. It just went by so fast. But I felt like we got... A lot in in that conversation, just to sit down and talk and reminisce and over pizza and, and beer, which which is cool, and then at that at that place, they've got a lot of um you know Austin you know local beers, which is really cool, none of that mainstream stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that because I do prefer everything, no well, not everything, but some other beer like Dokes or something, but it, it was it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. My dad had a blast, and the cool thing about it was is that I didn't know how my dad would react to this, uh, to seeing Mark Maron live. And Mark Maron, if you guys are into comedy, is a very observational comedian, comedian, and very brutal and honest and blunt about how he feels about things. Sometimes that doesn't always work for some people, but it worked out for us because we're both uh, we're both strong. You know, we both, my dad and I, prefer the left over the right in terms of politics, and. And you know, right there, the first twenty minutes into it, he just rips Donald Trump a new one, which was hilarious. I thought, wow, he's really going there. But I mean, it's Austin; it's very, it's a very liberal city. I mean, they're very pro-blue over there, which is awesome. And I think he offended a couple of people. I mean, not offended so much, but kind of upset some supporters and they pro- Trump supporters and they probably left, which is, I mean, that's fine. I mean, you're ex- exercising your first right, but you're the one who's out a couple hundred bucks if you think about it. But you know, we had a lot of fun. It was a great time. I, I hope that we can do that again. I told my dad that I wanted to take him to other comedy shows down the road because there are some there are some comedy shows that come through San Antonio. Um, not the marquee of Mark Marin, but some that are up there and I mean I think like Bruce Bruce or you know, Steve Steve Trevino is coming back to, to to the area in like the next month or so and I hopefully we can go see him. And that was awesome. If you haven't seen him, I highly recommend it. But it was just a great time. And it was like almost full circle because my dad and I were driving back. And, and I I, uh, I asked him, hey, man, are you, uh you know, you want a snack? Are you thirsty? He's like, yeah, I could go for that. I could go for a soda and something. I was like, okay, cool. I said, well, let's... <laughs> And this is the and I'll get to that in a second about what I'm where I'm going with this. So I said, "Okay, well, let's get out of the city limits where we get a little bit more toward, you know, out of out of Austin, more going toward Kyle. Uh we could stop and I'll get us something to drink." And he started laughing. And I did that on purpose because see when we were kids and we were driving like in San Antonio or Corpus Christi, my dad would always say, "Well, let's wait till we get uh we wait till we get out of the city and out of the traffic and we'll stop and get you like a bag of potato chips and a and a Coke or something." or a soda. I said Coke. That's a Texan thing, by the way. We just say Coke for everything. But he, <laughs> he started cracking up, and I go, wow, we've come full circle, man. And it was one of those moments where I wanted to share with my dad and have a laugh and talk about stuff and reminisce. And it's almost like full circle, like I said, because I drove him there. I, you know, I, I, I bought him his ticket. I, you know, and just like I, I treated him, which was really cool. It was really cool. It made me go back and made, it made me think about being eight or nine years old and riding in the passenger seat and watching my dad, you know, drive us back to back home and saying, hey, we're going to do this real quick and we're going to do that. And I was just like, yeah, and I'm like, hey, man, we're do." and I'm telling him, hey, we're going to do this. We'll do this. And he's like, OK, cool. You're you're driving. I'm not. And it, it was just great. It was a lot of fun. I hope we can definitely do that again. Anyway, guys, so this week's guest. <laughs> is Andrew Hall. Andrew Hall is a comedian. He is, I think he hasn't, I mean, yeah, he's like a stand-up comedian. He's he's done it many times, but he's also a podcaster, and he's a co-host of the Naked Diner podcast. If you guys remember back in October, those guys came on the show for about 45 minutes. It was a cool conversation. It was a lot of fun, but this time I had Andy come on by himself, and we just talked, and Andy's an atheist gentleman, and he's got, interesting views on religion and I wanted to talk to him about that. Now being, you know, I've been a Catholic all my life and I I'm very receptive to people's religions and their beliefs and I want to hear everybody's take on on things and that's what this conversations about. We talk a lot about comedy, we talk a little bit about politics, I mean about things just going on in general. I thought it was a very good conversation. It was a fun conversation and Andy definitely lives up to the hype of uh, putting together an amazing podcast so here's the conversation with andy and i and i hope you guys enjoy
1: <laughs>
0: hey man so how long have you been uh, an advocate of marijuana
1: I've been an advocate for marijuana as long as I've been an advocate for prostitution, which is, (laughs) uh, though I do not use prostitution, I never have, not that there's anything wrong with it, but ever since pretty, I don't know, early adulthood, you know, I'm 48 now,
0: so I would probably
1: say in my early 20s, and to tell you the truth, I wasn't really using a lot of marijuana until, oh, I don't know, until I was like maybe 25 or so, and even that, you know, I'm I'm not a big marijuana user i'm much more of a big advocate for marijuana sure than i am a user wow that's because i need to stay awake i need to stay awake and and if i smoke too much or if i imbibe too much i am non-functional like like when i was on your podcast last time i was okay i was fucking hilarious but the thing is is that (laughs) you know there was there's there's a very thin line between mm-hmm. funny Andy and non-functional and I'm going to take a nap right now
0: wow, under the electric okay. blanketing, and Andy. So you got to be oh, careful with yeah, that. Yeah, so it's still really cold over there in, in Massachusetts.
1: It was frigid the other day. Right now it's about 40 degrees outside. And, wow. And uh, where are you? What did you say? I know you were someplace. Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Texas.
0: I'm in San Antonio. It's already it's like 80s. It's already in the 80s in the afternoons now.
1: Did I riff on Texas a lot when I was last on? No. Because
0: that's usually what I do. No, so so no 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 you didn't actually. Oh, so right. you, yeah, that is. <laughs> so when we we were talking, it was about maybe two two and a half weeks before election time. Did I did I? Oh wow! Did I talk about Trump? Did I predict that Trump was going to win? So okay, so here's what we did because I was on y'all show. And right, then, right. I remember and, that. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you go. I'm you're, I'm surprised, Ro, that you're on the podcast because you're not really, you're not going to get into religion or politics. <laughs> so that's weird for you being on our show. And I said, well, you know, I'm starting to care more about politics. And at that time, I, I really was. Sure. Now I'm even more so, but I mean, uh, that, yeah, so we didn't really get into too much of it. We kind of in, insulted them here and there, right. but we didn't really go into the, like, the whole details. But you, uh, you, my friend, on Facebook, there's a, there's a constant Trump joke at least once a day.
1: Oh yeah, yeah yeah that guy's that guy is uh mother 's milk for comedians <laughs> there he just produces so much material for us it's i 'm afraid of getting lazy to tell you the truth I have specifically you know even though I throw out like a Trump joke a day. I try not to become addicted to Trump in terms of uh, comedic material. I try right. to work my way down his administration. I've discovered I hate Steve Bannon and Mike Pence <laughs> is kind of a douche. <laughs> so, you know, I'll write specific bits for my blog, you know, Laughing in Disbelief, you know, right. uh, satirizing satirizing <laughs> those ass clowns.
0: You know? Nice plug there for that. I, I didn't Did you notice that? that? I actually have a list
1: of stuff I should plug because whenever I'm on a podcast, even right. my own podcast, I am a shitty plugger. I'm like, oh, I'm talking about marijuana and whores and prostitution, sex workers. I guess sex workers is the proper term, and uh, then I forget about plugging my shit.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's okay, man. That's okay. I, I think Jack kind of helps you out with that, right? So he he's always pretty. Well, cautious. Jack's the
1: responsible one. Jack is, of course, our the um, co-host for the Naked Diner podcast. And he he's the he's the responsible and the smart one.
0: Yeah, no. Well, come on, man. Give yourself some more credit than that.
1: You see, this is my strategy. Let me tell you, I was talking to my kids the other day. I, I have a 14-year-old boy and a an 11-year-old girl. And yeah. um, every once in a while, you know, I, you know, you have to explain the shtick, you know, because I'm constantly yeah. running material by them and seeing how it works. Right. And so, you know, it's like the reason why I personally do as much uh, self-depreciating as possible in a comical way, of course, is that, you know, I'm such a raging fucking asshole to tell you the truth. (laughs) You You look at my Twitter feed, you look at my blog, you look at my Facebook posts. It's surprising I don't get into more trouble. And I think part of that is because of the fact that I'm willing to point out my own, my own weaknesses as much as pointing out other people's. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but that makes for a good comedian though
1: I think so I think it's a winning strategy to tell you the it, truth
0: it, it, it totally is man it totally is um, we were so I was, what were we talking about I was gonna I was actually gonna oh yeah so you know what? you brought up the Naked Diner I'm yeah. really glad that you guys are coming back man
1: well you know well, you used to have a partner, right? I mean, when you first started podcasting, you two of you and, and we you know.
0: we do episodes like every nine months, and so <laughs> yeah. we just did one like two weeks ago. But no, I, I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, you know, Jack and I are hip and jowl basically when it comes to <laughs> talking about guests and communicating. And if you don't, if you don't see eye to eye on everything, and the thing is, Jack and I always saw eye to eye. Sure. On uh, nine – okay, so, so maybe I should backtrack a little bit. We saw eye-to-eye creatively on 90 percent of the stuff. But, you know, when you're in each other's faces all the time, when you're communicating with each other all the time, um, that 10 percent can really bug the fuck out of you. It's like, oh, being, sure. it's like being in a marriage. And I was – you know, I was in a marriage for 20 years before getting divorced. And, you know, that 10 percent starts, like, gnawing at you. and right. And you gotta look at shit in perspective, and we took some time off, and we both decided that, you know, it's worth working together because that ninety percent is really good.
0: Yeah, it is very good. Man, so I, well, I'm gl- I'm really glad. And I, I, he had said season one was ending, and then I had been kind of messaging him here and there, and then he says, "Oh yeah, Naked Iron's coming back." I was like, "Oh yes." just what I wanted so you guys have already recorded a few episodes and they're yeah, getting yeah, ready we, to drop.
1: We, yep, yep, yep. On Monday which is, I guess, the 27th we're um, right. having our first, first episode out and I believe it's with the chapter head of the Satanic Temple here in Boston. Ah,
0: yes. See, yes. just because I
1: said that, you're going to get a whole bunch of um, hate mail. <laughs> From, from <laughs> regular <Greek laughs> listeners.
0: <laughs> so okay, so we always tweet, we we talk about comedy. We're going to get into yeah. that, but first off, because last time you know uh, we didn't really discuss the religion thing. When oh, yeah. Jack was on, we talked a little bit about it. But you, my friend, are an atheist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Yo, oh, a, a proud, self-proclaimed atheist. <laughs> I, I so, tell my kids there aren't a, there isn't any god. I, I don't go around waving my dick in people's faces about it. <laughs> But within a couple of minutes of talking with me, you're probably going to get a pretty good idea where, where I stand on shit.
0: Sure. I mean, and, and what, where did that come from, man? I mean, have you always felt this way, even to when you were a kid, or were you practicing a different religion
1: at the time? Well, that's a very interesting question, sir. I was uh-huh. brought up in a Baptist household, not a Southern Baptist right. household, okay. because, okay. You, know, you know, I just want to point out that the Southern Baptists were the, were the treasonous fuckers in, in the Civil War. They were the ones who were pro-slavery. So are no, the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, the, ahead, go ahead. Go the, ahead. The, the, those were the treacherous people. I mean, we were crazy. I mean, oh. you know, Baptists are crazy anyway. But at least we weren't the pro-slavery crazy people.
0: Sure. So, so okay.
1: Yeah. So my mom was the church organist and choir director to the church that you know we belonged to. My dad was a deacon. <laughs> um, oh, because okay. uh, Baptists, you know, we did. I did the whole full-body immersion uh, baptism mm-hmm. when I was thirteen. I had a very okay. good relationship with the minister, mm-hmm. uh, Reverend Sheldon, when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, good guy. He was. He spent some time in Japan, so we talked a, a bit about Japan and uh, Kurosawa films. And so, he, so he was a cool minister, and that's probably mm-hmm. why he didn't last, because mm. you can only be so cool. I think back in the eighties, yeah, running into trouble.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so what happened is that I figured out gradually that the religion stuff doesn't make any sense the the uh, particularly the stuff that I saw every week in church and in Sunday school there was yeah. just stuff that I don't think this is morally right I don't think right. the fact based statements that they're trying to make about the world because religion just isn't one of those oh maybe you should be nice to people they're making specific statements about how the world works okay and i didn't agree with those you know like evolution um the world being created in six days and god taking a nap on on the seventh you know that that struck me as suspect my friend okay and as i got older i took the path that a lot of atheists do you know first i went from a conservative faith to a less conservative faith and then i went into this kind of agnostic stage and then i went through a i'm going to explore buddhism a bit and then i eventually ended up with thinking i don't think any of this makes any sense yeah and so i'm an atheist
0: so you're an atheist okay so man you so you tried different things to kind of get a different perspective
1: I Definitely. Guess in religion and, and most oh. atheists too um, most atheists who were brought up in a religious household mm-hmm. just don't make the decision lightly there's a lot right. of emotional working through what it's like to be without you know without believing in a deity yeah
0: bro wow okay okay so and and that's how you met Jack because you I mean you both of you are atheists was it just from from uh what is it, though? Those are shoes. Atheist Berlin are shoes, but is it doesn't you guys
1: <laughs> well we met because I was blogging my old blog, Laughing in Purgatory, which is a uh, my old blog is Comedy Atheism too. There you go, and, another plug. <laughs> and yeah, right, right. Though it's not as important as the laughing and disbelief one, which is the blog, no, yeah. the blog I'm doing now. But Yeah, <laughs> and Jack was part of a crew of guys who was doing a, a straight atheist blog. You know, straight as in they were they weren't trying to be funny. they're they're just doing like hey this is how the you know atheism and and the problem with um people in america wanting to have a theocratic country because there's a fair amount of people who want america to be run by god god sanctioned rules whatever crazy jack-in-the-box that right and so I I guested on their podcast, Left Hemisphere's podcast, a couple of times. Got really drunk on a couple of them. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and then you know, what I, I didn't want to do was start a podcast because everyone else was doing a podcast. Sure. But I heard that Jack... Was in between podcasts. And I said, well, I messaged him and said, you know, I think we can, because I I blog over Pathios, which is a large faith based or faithless based, as the case may be, family of blogs. So I'm part of the non religious group, and there's a whole bunch of us uh, blogging. So I thought, well, that would be a good farm team for guests to help promote. (laughs) people you know
0: we're a, a good farm team i like that <laughs> yeah a good
1: farm team you know i mean you know this as as a person who is a podcaster you're always thinking about who are you know prospective yeah. guests and you want yeah. to have at least a pool of, of people from your tribe from your sure. you know, from your tribe that yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be cool guests and so i yeah. thought it would be a good a good combination and it's and it's worked out we've had some great guests on the show
0: yeah. You know, you've had a lot of great guests on the show from X, from the angry old man podcast to yeah. Kamal Bell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kamal yeah. Bell was, it was a great episode. I enjoyed that one. And there's a, several other ones that can't come to mind, but I've always enjoyed naked diner. And I think I've told you this, but the the, the format you guys use, it's like almost good cop, bad cop, but not yeah. really. Yeah. But yeah. It, it just, it works. It just works. And, uh, the Kamal Bell was really great and I think I told you I was just like man after hearing that episode I I I wanted to find out more who Kamal Bell was because I was still kind of new when I was into podcasting I was still kind of getting used to these you know comedians and podcasts and I was just like wow this guy talked to the KKK yeah. he's a civil rights activist and he's a comedian sort sort of, you know in so many ways and it's just when I say in so many ways I mean with the activism and everything that yep. how he's involved it's just amazing
1: It is. And, you know, I got him. And this is if anyone is listening who is a podcaster, I find great guests on Twitter. If you can get into a conversation with somebody, it might take time, but Mm -hmm. you can find great people on Twitter who are willing to talk.
0: So when we talked back back then, we were talking about the election. You were very, very, very um, anti-Trump, which I was as well. Sure. Um, have you always swung swung more to the left than you have to the right?
1: I wouldn't say so. I, I would say, okay. well, you know, my my parents were blue collar Democrats. Sure, that's one of the reasons. As in a quick aside, that's one of the reasons why I thought Trump was going to win the election. Is that mm. you know when you know people like that and you grow up in that environment, you you can understand that level of crazy pretty well. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know my parents were Reagan Democrats, people who switched over for the you know Reagan presidency and everything like that. sure so when i was when I was religious, it's no surprise I was more socially conservative, and I was more physically conservative too mm-hmm. but as I have gotten older, I've gotten more perspective on things, and to tell you the truth i have to I have to say that I am very socially liberal, of course, saying that I'm sure. pro-prostitution and marijuana and all the host of other, <laughs> <laughs> other topics.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you went to a couple of um, rallies too, right? Or protesting, yep. you did a couple of those. What was yep. what was that like? Because you're actually the first person that I've talked to post-election that that was involved in some of these uh Post- protesting things, and uh, sure. I had a I have a friend in New Yorks in New York City that I was um, that I, I'd wanted to talk to her because she had kind of done some uh, some uh, some protesting rallies. Sure. Because, um, so what was that like, man?
1: So, so two things. First, I'll start off with the obvious thing: is that as soon as I get to the protest, whatever protest it is, it's like I go to myself. You know, I should have brought a sign, because I'm not the most organized person in the world. And you show up to a good protest. It's like if you don't have a really cool sign, you say to yourself, "All right, well, I'm here, and I can." And I'm not a big chanter. I have to tell you, you might be surprised about this. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not a big chanter, because even with it's when I'm with people that I agree with. You know, I'm kind of once again going back to being an asshole. I say to myself, you know, if all these people agree with me, maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So, so my energy for the chanting. isn't really that strong. I would rather hold a sign but whenever I show up. I, so if you, the the takeaway out of this, if you go to a protest, bring a sign with you. Because it shows gotcha. that you put a little bit of effort in there. <laughs> the second yeah. thing, I've had conversations with people who, you know, I live in a blue state. Massachusetts right. is probably the motherfucking most blue state there is. We are right. part of the we are we are in charge of the liberal conspiracy to undermine in God we trust, in terms of all that other stuff, you know, uh, in America. And, right. and once again, I've chatted with people who live in red states or not as blue states, and I have to tell you, it's, it's a different world.
0: Mm-hmm. Very much so.
1: You know, in Boston, I can, I can roll into Boston, and everyone's pretty cool, and I don't have to worry about the police, and everyone has a good time. However, in other places, that may not be the fact. That may yeah, not d- d- be the d- d- case. Not. You know, the police may be not really supportive of you uh, yeah. of what you're doing. There might be counter protesters who aren't yeah. in favor of you know. We had guests. We had a guest on the Naked Diner uh, months ago and he was involved in a protest in Pennsylvania where one of the anti-Trump people got punched and the police just watched the whole thing wow. happen. You know, it's a complete dick move. Yeah. But, but that's the kind of thing you should expect if you are in a red state. If Definitely. you are in or even a lighter blue state. You know, you right. have to be, you have to be aware.
0: Yeah, you know, and this is a very this is a red state and I think uh some I think you know it was Jack that said this that if everybody in Texas voted or the whole Latino community in Texas voted it would be a blue state I don't know how accurate that would be because Texas is very still um good old boyish yeah (laughs) I think that's the right well you know like I mean I mean there's still people that think backwards man with with things and transitions and hearing the griping and complaining of Obama this Obama that and it's just like you bunch of idiots you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean seriously, I mean look, I, I I've I used to be oblivious to a lot of things, man, sure. growing up. One one of them was I never got into politics because I actually thought I don't give a shit, it doesn't matter. I didn't so I've been legally registered or able to vote since two thousand and I've only voted twice in the last sixteen years. And when yeah. I think I just, you know, maybe I should care more because some of this stuff's going to affect me, especially now because I'm in my mid-30s, I have oh, yeah. a family, I well, have kid. kids.
1: You, you, have, you have kids, plural. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so that, that gets you serious about shit, to tell you the truth. It, that right. was a wake-up call for me about getting more active is when I had children.
0: Wow, yeah. See, so now I'm like, okay, so am am I the asshole because I'm going against what other people were saying, or are they the assholes because they don't seem to get it?
1: You know what I think is that, (laughs) and this is going to sound weird coming from me, you know, when I'm not doing shtick, I try to attack arguments and not people Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So I've been wrong about a lot of stuff, (laughs) and I will continue to be wrong about a lot of stuff. Yeah. However, and, you know, when people make good arguments and give me good data, I don't always change my mind immediately because Mm. our brains aren't wired like that. Right. I need time. Right. So I try to stay aware. I try to stay mindful of the fact that just because I make a really good argument and the other person doesn't accept it, it might even be a bit hostile, does Mm. not make that person a complete fucking asshole.
0: This is true. This well, is true.
1: What it does mean is that they're wrong, probably. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's all there is to it. It is what it is. Right, I'm shrugging right. my shoulders as I'm saying this. It is what it is.
0: It it really it really is what it is and I I mean I don't think there's a better way to say it because you can have these discussions and people and, you know, my dad's like, you know, my dad's told me this. He's like, you got to be careful when you get into these things because people are going to try to call you out on, on your shit thinking that their shit, is, you know what I mean? Their point of view is right versus your point of view. So you yep. better be ready to back it up. So I've steered away from posting more political Shit, because yep. I don't. I'm trying not to ruffle feathers, and and which which is crazy because when I used to do my co-hosting show with my my buddy, he's very outspoken with certain things with politics, yep. and and at the time I was oblivious to. It. I'm like, I don't want to talk about. it. He's like, Why not? I was like, I, I'm just, I'm not into it. He's like, Well, you need to get into it because yeah, we have an election coming in the next year. We started in 2015. He's like, There's an election coming in the next year, and if you don't start to care or start to put forth the attention, you. We could have a, a, some idiot in the office, and we, we did, but it's not yeah. because of me. <laughs>
1: it's not because of me. It's because of the lack of um, uh, what's the word? Education, I guess? Yeah. Well, you know, you're right. You have to educate yourself. And this is what I tell my kids because my kids hear my, my stuff all the time. <laughs> and, and what I say is that, look, you know, if you're going to get into an argument or a discussion with someone, if you choose to do that, Right. Because it's a choice. There's a lot of arguments I don't get involved with because it just isn't worth my time or I don't think I am am aware enough of the issues
0: to do so. Right.
1: Well, the things you should do is know why your position is your position and you should have Mm -hmm. like facts behind that. And then what you should do is be able to state your opponent's position. Mm Mm-hmm. Like And not just strawman that shit. And for people who don't know what strawmanning is, it's like making stuff up about the other person's position so you can crush it. And, but if you're going to get into an honest discussion with someone, you have to know what their arguments are.
0: You, exactly, exactly. you got to be able to back up your argument and... Um and have a good point of view. I like what you said, the knowing what the opposition is saying and what they feel. So speaking of that, I have to ask you because it's a day after this. This whole healthcare reform was a total fucking failure.
1: It's a shit show. And <laughs> the Republicans just used it, obviously, to get people to vote for them. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Now, is the ACA is is Obamacare perfect? Of course not. Right. I think most people on my side of the political spectrum would say, you know, single payer health care makes financial sense. You know, you look right. at Canada. Canada spends half of the amount per person that we do right. for health care, and they have better health care returns. In other words, people are healthier. People, you know, die later. Then we, you know, they're, you know, they just live longer and they're healthier when they die, too. So it's kind of crazy that we have this Frankenstein system because that's what it is. Pieces kind of put together politically for expediency because we couldn't do anything better. And that's what yeah. the, and, and Obamacare is not perfect. There's no doubt about that. Right, right. What 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 were they? What were the Republicans actually offering? Tax credits? <laughs> you know? yeah. so it was a whole, it was like
0: a, almost like a get rich scheme for the for the the wealthy.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know that's 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 just crazy talk, man. Yeah, and, and, and uh, go they, ahead. I'm sorry. And the thing is, when you think about it politically, you know, and, and you can say one thing about House Speaker Ryan is that's, that he was right in the sense that as he was. Doing a talk to reporters about why the bill passed. He just said, we're a big tent party now. We're not in opposition. We are the ruling party and we have to act like it and these are growing pains. Because when you look at the the Republican coalition, you have have like crazy people who are just – saying things like we just got to repeal it we just got to repeal yeah. obamacare right now this is what we this is what we ran on for 7 years we just have to get rid of it and then figure something else afterwards and then right. there are people who look at all the crap they're getting at town halls when they return to their districts and they're going this is political suicide that's yeah. what this is it is it is political suicide
0: so, do you think this hurts hurts them with uh tw- with the uh, renewal election re- you know next year re-elections to twenty eighteen?
1: Well, what happens is in these midterm elections, as I'm sure that you're aware of, and many of mm-hmm. the, your listeners are aware of, is that <laughs> yeah. whoever is the president, their political party doesn't do well in the midterm elections.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So that that's, means that that's just the yeah. way how
1: it is. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably going to lose. And and. You know Republicans are aware of that, and so that's why a lot of them balked at voting for this ill-thought-out health care bill, okay. because because they're afraid of losing their seats next year, and that's a reasonable concern for them.
0: Yeah, and now it it puts it more in, into into question because of how the turnout was with the with the the health care reform.
1: It is. Well, you know, one <laughs> of my and I don't know if if I I rambled about this the last time I was here.
0: No, you didn't. <laughs>
1: but, but what happens when things don't work in the federal government, when, when Congress can't get its act together over time, over years, then this creates a logjam. And, right. and that logjam just strengthens the executive. And that's yeah. a real problem in, in, in presidential systems like America has, is that there is a tendency for the executive to accrue power over time and make the legislature – kind of irrelevant if you look at all the banana republics in south america that's Mm -hmm. what happened and and that's something we don't want to happen here we want a a a legislature that actually is functioning and can and can curb place curbs on the executive we don't want we don't want to rely just on courts because that's just not going to last right the courts can't be a continual check on the executive power without the executive power eventually undermining said courts yeah and and this is this is what i this is what makes one of the many reasons why I'm unpopular is that you know when when Obama's in power, I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, I don't think he should be i think it's dangerous for all these executive orders to come out because it's a sign that the system's not working and then when trump's in in power you know now that he's in power it's like well i think all oh, the executive order i i don't i don't like the idea mm-hmm. about doing legislation through executive orders it's it's a poor it's a poor idea <laughs> and you know i get these notifications and i don't know how to shut them off and it's 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 irritating the fuck out of me it hasn't been an issue before now but before i do my own podcast <laughs> later on today i'm going
0: to Yeah shut so those you you guys are recording off. here in the next that. half hour or so or, or what, what's going on
1: I would add at one o'clock my time we are having someone oh, wow. from the Anne Frank <laughs> um, <laughs> I have it written down here. The the Anne Frank direct the the, the director for the West Coast oh, Anne Frank wow, Center for Mutual Respect. That's who it is. Out in LA. Yeah. Yeah. They got into a tussle with Frank. I mean not with Frank, I'm sorry, with President Trump about the the border wall wow, and about yeah, and the immigration ban and stuff like he, that. Yeah. Uh, he,
0: you know, you know what I find disturbing with him. Oh man! Oh, I mean, there's several, but I mean, the oh, one thing say. that stands please out tell. was he didn't acknowledge Martin Luther King Day, and he. Yeah, right. He didn't. Didn't did he do what it? After he didn't. Huh? Right. I, I remember on Twitter, people were going off on him for not acknowledging MLK Day, or maybe he did in a half-ass thing. But then he didn't. He didn't acknowledge the Holocaust. Yeah. Or you know.
1: Well, he did. He didn't recognize the fact that that the Holocaust was primarily oh, yeah. due to Germans wanting to kill uh, Jews. You know, or the Nazis wanting to kill Jews. He mentioned, and this is a, a common uh, strategy for Holocaust or for for those who deny mm. the Jewish reason for the Holocaust is that yeah. because there were a lot of people who died in the Holocaust. There were um, there were gays. There were people who were disabled. There were Slavs. But you know, when you get down to it. Jews were the uh, uh, casus belli, I think, is the Latin term. The reason, it's the reason why the oven started cranking yeah. up, wow. is because they wanted to yeah, kill like that, Jews.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't like it, but the oven started cranking up.
1: <laughs> Dude, there was a story in the BBC, I put it on my blog today, about, about these mm-hmm. protesters in Auschwitz Poland. This happened right. yesterday. Like I said, it's a legit story. It was in the BBC News. And they killed a sheep, stripped oh, naked, the and then chained themselves up. And, and what's funny, in case that's not weird enough, but no one knows what they were protesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I checked through several different news reports. It's like the BBC doesn't know, the Independent doesn't know, the Daily Sun doesn't know. But the only thing they know is that they were at the gates of Auschwitz, killed a sheep, stripped naked, and then chained themselves oh, man, together. That's, How is that I mean, for that's a like little Buffalo slice of crazy? Bill
0: stuff right there.
1: I mean, I I think he would appreciate that,
0: but I mean, that's, I mean, and these were, and these were people protesting that were, that are Jewish.
1: No, there was, um, there was a German, there were a couple of Poles. I think there was one or two Russians. There were like 11 people in all. So it was a hodgepodge group of nationalities. That
0: is, that is, I mean, wow. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's so weird. Yeah, super weird, so right? Weird. Um so go comedy man, how did you uh, get into comedy? What what was your thing? Was it was it Sam Kennison? Was it George Carlin? What what was your influence into it? Because you're a pretty funny dude.
1: I am a pretty thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um I started you know, it's funny how people come into comedy because when you look at people's stand up, some people seem to be no, like I just saw the Dave have I you have seen the not. Dave Chappelle? Shows on Netflix, worth seeing. worth seeing. If you look at the, Dave, the two Dave Ch- uh, Chappelle specials out there, you can tell that they are very well written. There, there are many callbacks. So one joke refers back to another joke, dovetails into another joke. And one joke propels itself, mm-hmm. you know, to to launch another routine. It's 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 very well. they they're both very well done. And if you want to see well written stand up then you should definitely check out you know the, i i the didn't Chappelle see shows. i
0: didn't see when he was on snl but i saw like his um i saw the skit the walking dead skit that he did of himself which was hilarious but then yeah that was really good and that was then random. i that was saw hilarious. um his monologue which was very um moving i guess and very very real and it was just and you and you're just like this guy yeah where... yeah Where has Dave Chappelle been? We miss Dave Chappelle. We need more Dave Chappelle. And then I saw the Netflix special. I mean, I saw that they announced the Netflix specials, but I haven't seen them. But it just goes to back to what I was saying. I think I said recently because they put Chappelle Show on one of the one of these streaming apps, and I'm just like, this show was so ahead of its time. So I mean, it it was it was hilarious. But but the thing that and I remember when he stopped. Everyone was just like, well, oh, he burnt himself out or he walked away because he he got into drugs. He started smoking crack. He started doing all this stuff. But the reality of it was, was he was just burnt out from all the same stereotypical racial jokes. He said he was over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult to crank out material every day. It's difficult to have an entire Mm. show based around you. You know because you have like mm. like a lot of people relying on you and and you know I mean this is gonna sound somewhat somewhat pretentious I guess for people who aren't creatives or or, or who aren't mm-hmm. you know building content every day it is really difficult right. to stay fresh and there's a point that you say to yourself well maybe maybe if I continue this grinding this grinding right. schedule <laughs> i'm not i'm gonna start sucking right, right. and you don't yeah. want to suck so and you know, yes. but but getting back about about why mm-hmm. people or how people get into into comedy, so so they're they're basically two two different routes. One is that you're a writer, and you decide I need to get up on stage, and then the other group are theater people who decide it's a natural mm-hmm. extension, and they go up on stage. So the theater people are much more comfortable, much. E- they find it easier to do crowd work mm-hmm. um they're more at ease. their material may not be as tight, but you see people from a more of a writing background who have tighter material, but you know they're not as good as crowd work or or they're more socially awkward on stage. Uh, I come from the writing school I started writing mm-hmm. scripts before I ever did stand up on stage, and so um I was cranking out um, you know book in fact I just um did uh, self-published ebook on God's yeah. Diary. That's the name of it. Yeah. See, here's another plug that I'm weaving in here, very, very subtly. God's wow. Diary, January 2017. It's all about you're God, just, God you're going just on the, vacation. The, the marketing machine today. To diary. That well, this is what happens when uh, I'm not drunk and high. It's
0: like a, it's like a total opposite <laughs> of what of what I recall. But no, but it's still good. I mean, it just. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. So, so I definitely came in from garage. from the writing. So, so I definitely had to get more comfortable with being on stage yeah. and talking to people and, and delivering jokes. You know, the two, the, the two Dave Chappelle shows, they are a great mix of, of the artistry of being able to deliver material, interacting with the crowd, mm-hmm. as well as being solid, rock solid in terms of the writing. Sure. Because you see a lot of crappy Netflix specials. Because there is a rush for comedians to get on stage sure. and do a Netflix special because there's fucking money involved, and and there's you just look at yeah. it and you go, all right, well you you just weren't ready, you know, you just you know yeah. because writing a full hour is tough, being able to workshop the jokes, figuring out the delivery, right, you know, it it's it's no, not easy. No, definitely not.
0: Um, I just had I actually had a comedian that was. Um that has his own Netflix special, and uh, was he was actually on Marin's podcast? Um, are you familiar with the name Steve Trevino? Okay, well, I, have, on, I haven't listened to. On him. I don't think podcast, so. um, In regard to the uh, joke thief, uh, the joke stealing with Mencia, he was he was like Mencia's uh, writer. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was a. Uh, oh really? If you, have, if you haven't listened to that episode on, on WTF, I highly recommend it. The Mencia ones are.
1: Because I listened, I listened. Now, now, Steve was he on this? What he he had his own episode with 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 Marin, or was it dovetailing into the interviews? It was kind of like a dovetailing into Mencia, but he also
0: talked to him. He talked to Steve, and he talked to this other guy named Willie Bersina. Because they were both kind of they po- they both kind of worked with uh-huh. um, um Steve was a writer for him. He yeah. he toured with him. He opened for him. So it it kind of so Steve acknowledged that it opened doors for him, and um, and he he yeah. basically stole a lot of ideas from Steve. And
1: oh. yeah, you know I saw you know what I saw Joe Rogan, uh, riff on you know yes, I, I don't know I if did. you saw Over that. Here. It, that that video where where where, where Rogan and Mitzi yeah, are sharing the, the, the stage in L A. and they just you know go back and forth about jokes that that's magic. Yeah, yeah, I was at the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I must have seen because I know that I saw a couple of other videos because when you see sure, one yeah, video, you, you, you automatically get fed into another video. And and you know what? I think um, I did see Steve talking about the whole yeah. joke theft thing. Um, you know what? I just want to touch. I, I, I was just thinking about this. We were talking about like exchanging you know ideas on facebook and interacting with people Mm -hmm. and you know what burns what burns my ass is when (laughs) is when i agree when someone's agreeing with me on facebook but yet they still want to argue does that happen a lot to you it you know what it does it happens to me in real life because and it happens to me on facebook because i'll be having a conversation i don't know say something say something political me yeah
0: okay um obama was one of my favorite presidents
1: you know, he was one of my favorite presidents too. Okay, okay, okay we'll- And 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 I think his blah 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 strategy was exceptionally good. We'll say, you know, his his healthcare strategy right. well, was think- the best. Yeah. And then what'll happen is in this scenario, you would say something like yeah, but blah, blah, blah. Or there would be some kind of, he wasn't blah, blah, blah. And, and, and this happened to me just yesterday. I, I, I made a statement. Another person agreed with me and then started arguing. And I, and, and I just wrote in response, it's like, I don't think we should be arguing about this. This doesn't seem to have any, any consequence whatsoever
0: yeah and it it, it it in the end people just get upset and uh, irritated
1: they do well that's what it is it's the mid brain that takes over it's the mid that takes over yeah
0: yeah um you know what, you know you know what I, I saw I, and we're going back into this political realm which is fine but uh people complain that Ob- about Obama uh, like fighting and going to war isn't it like most of the time America wants to go to war most people want to just go to war and <laughs> and kill somebody? Well, well, and... Most,
1: I, I'm sure that um, most people realize that most people aren't of draft age in America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's very easy to say, let's go to war or let's send people into an armed conflict like Syria yeah. because it's an all-volunteer army, and so that makes it okay just to throw people into the meat grinder, which uh, is crazy talk.
0: So you, you, say, you say you're an asshole, Andy. I am. Yeah. But are you a m you're a mass hole, right?
1: I am a super mass hole. I'm not on the Bill Burr <laughs> level of mass hole. But yeah, you know, I I'm an, I'm am a mass hole. There's no doubt about it. Hey, speaking of Bill Burr, I finally saw all of F is for family. See, I haven't seen that. Oh yet.
0: my gosh, dude, you need to watch that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing that down actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: writing that down. So so you are you not are you not consuming alcohol today? Is there are you taking the day um, off?
1: What time is it? It's eleven AM. What do I have to do? I have to do a podcast at one. I have to go to work tonight at ten. I have to be there at ten. So I'll probably start drinking sometime in the afternoon. So
0: that we can get a good little nap in before you go to work?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I get to sleep at work, so Oh, okay. You get paid to count sheep. I do get paid to count sheep. (laughs) I'm the guy that in case anything happens, if anything goes down, I'm the guy. Takes care of business.
0: Wow. So, so last time I talked to you, you said you
1: you hadn't done stand up in a while. You still haven't done any stand up. What have I done? What have I done recently? No, I have a gig that's coming up in a couple of months, but that's in a couple of months, dude. You know, it's difficult with kids because I'm the primary caregiver sure. of my kids. You know, I work at nights, so that means I have to be at work at nine a lot of the time. Mm. So, you know, being at work at nine o'clock puts puts a real hard hard um, constraint on me going out and doing stuff, especially if I'm not getting paid. Now, if it's a paid gig, mm-hmm. then I'd be more than happy to take the time off yeah. to go up. But for those of you, for for those of you in the audience who aren't aware about the shitty lives that comedians live um, at the lower levels, which is basically everybody, mm-hmm. uh, except for people who. Have like legit careers. Yeah. Most comedians, even ones who are making money, have day jobs. Right. right. You know, at, at a certain level, you know, you go out, you do open mics. There might be a couple of other comics there, maybe one or two live people. You go to these uh, mics, and there's no, there's no, at, with a lot of them, you're not 100% sure that you're actually going to get stage time. Right. You know, there's a lot of them are like lottery, lottery open mics. It's like, well, why, you know, why am I going to spend an entire evening sitting around if I don't even know if I'm going to go up on stage? Mm-hmm. And so, isn't it better that I write my books? Isn't it better that I write the blog? Isn't it better that I get ready for the podcast? So it becomes, you know, yeah. I mean, how, how old are you? I'm 35. Okay, so 35, you got two kids. You realize that the most important thing you have is your time. That's the most important recess you, resource that you have. Right. Right. You're not fucking twenty-one with one job, if that, you know. And you got all this extra time. It's like now you're in you're in the crucible. You know, you're you're in the shoot. You have to figure out what's the biggest bang for your buck.
0: Yeah, exactly. So a lot of these comedians who who have tour who go on tour are those open micers or Are they just because they're being? They're up? they're not
1: open micers. They're definitely in a in a in a. In a uh, stage above open micers, you know, open micers are the lowest of the low. Right. However, you know, people who do road comedy, it's very difficult to make a good living uh doing road you know, being on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Because there are costs, you're not going to be getting a whole lot of money. You know, just because you have a special on fucking Comedy Central doesn't mean that you're suddenly rolling in money. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't mean that at all. You know, it still means that you're hustling. It means that you're still trying to get riding gigs. You're still trying to get um decent shows you know we had um trey trey crowder the liberal redneck on oh that's a good yeah yeah. you know so so people know this guy because he hit it big he basically hit the lottery of the comedy world he made a viral video he was a comedian who was working who had a real job he has kids you know but he made a viral video and now you know he quit his day job he's touring he has a, a TV show deal with Fox, but he is the exception to the rule. You know, he's touring with two of his buddies who co wrote the uh, who co wrote a book with him. But uh, Corey Forrester, he's one of the other comedians. And before he hit it big, before Trey hit it big, he was sleeping at his mama's house. You know, he was living with his mama. So, and, and he was a quote unquote professional comedian. You know, he was out making money. Doing comedy, but he was still living at his parent his folks' house. Mm. So it it, it, is, it is a tough road. So you know, I was telling, um,
0: I had uh, another guy who was a comedian on, on my podcast, but he was also a writer, actor, yeah. doing stuff, and and we were talking about this, and he made very. Uh, very true to the point that you just made. I mean, he, I, I don't even thought it made sense. I can't even put my words together anymore. It's just—it's really starting to happen now. But no, he—he he was saying how comedians travel and they, you know, they do gigs and it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty tough to make a living off of that. You have to be—you yep. have to be a name at this point to be able to to get that type of um, get that pay, get that, get paid that type of money.
1: Yeah, yeah yep yeah, there it, it it see the thing is, is that the only thing that what people see from the media are the successes. You don't get to see the the struggle. you know these overnight successes are even with Trey, even with the liberal redneck, you know that he was like working stand up for six years before mm-hmm. he made it. he made it big. A lot of people spend ten or twenty years before yeah you know, look at Mark Maron. you know that's more. Of the rule than the exception, the guy the guy kind of worked the trenches for years before making it big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah, and it took his. Uh, I mean, it, it really took his podcast to kind of get him back on the map, right?
1: Yeah, completely. If wow. it wasn't for the podcast, then then who knows what he'd be doing?
0: Yeah. I, speaking of Mark Maron, we're actually I'm actually going to go see him in Austin next week.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun.
0: You, have you ever seen him live?
1: i have i've seen him live over at the uh, wilbur theater in uh boston here uh, a couple of years ago, oh, a he, of
0: years ago. He, he's had time he spent time in boston right so he's got oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. There.
1: A, yeah 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 there, there's a lot of boston guys floating or a lot of boston people a lot of boston comedians floating around yeah you there oh yeah i'm here okay okay
0: it just cut out i was like what the heck happened (laughs) uh, man so i'm i'm glad that we're we're finally getting to talk as we're kind of getting to toward the end here but uh what what as with the naked diner everything's going good now you guys are back on track what yep, every Monday. Uh, yep. What else is what else is going on, man? I mean you said you're gonna do a gig in a couple of months. Life seems to be going pretty good for you. I love the yep. uh, every morning I every morning when I open up my Facebook or every day I open up my Facebook, I look forward to seeing uh your the Andy Andrew Hall tidbits of what he thinks of election and or an post yes. election and <laughs> my daily dose of Trump uh tranquility, I guess.
1: That Trump, yeah, yeah, well, I try to I try to coat the bitter medicine with uh, a layer of sweet funny. that's what I do. <laughs> maybe bitter funny. I don't know. maybe it's like a bitter on bitter thing, but but, yeah, you know things are going pretty well for me. You know, I'm working a lot on the material on um I just actually see, you' ready for another plug? I'm gonna do yeah, another here, plug. dude plug away I actually I actually wrote a uh, book of horror short stories about vampires because nice. I kind of have this autistic focus. So this is the actual third edition. Um, it's on Amazon, too. It's called Vampires, Lovers, and Other Strangers. It's the third edition. I just finished a short story about a vampire who's psychotic and who thinks he's a superhero. So so,
0: what um, is, so you have a thing for... Andrew? The name of the book is Andrew is a Superhero? No!
1: <laughs> the no, name no. of the book is, va- va- is Vampires, Lovers, and Other Strangers.
0: So you're a big vampire guy? You're into vampires?
1: I would say so, yeah. I was afraid. I was like fuck afraid of vampires when I was a kid. Like, irrational fear. Irrational fear.
0: Okay, so, but not like Keeper Sutherland vampire. Oh,
1: no, no, no. There's like... <laughs> that was too
0: modernized, 80s. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was, the, I mean, but it, it, it was, Um, have you ever seen Near Dark? Near Dark was a, a, a movie out in the early 80s about vampires. I think they were in Texas to tell you the truth. Oh, they were out in the southwest somewhere.
0: Oh, no, you know what, I... Can't say that I have.
1: Yeah, yeah, classic stuff. Classic stuff. We want but, the obscure. <laughs>
0: but I have seen once bitten, does that count? Once bitten?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, yeah, so uh, I just
1: I just put out the third edition of the book and so That's I'm pretty awesome, I'm not, I'm not awesome. happy about that. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So this your mind's just always going, so when you're writing how is it writing
1: bits? Is it pretty hard for you to put bits together? I don't think so, no. Because no. I just talk. Actually what I do is that I just listen to myself talk. Uh And, and I know this is going to sound somewhat schizophrenic, but maybe a lot of other comedians do this too, is that they listen to themselves and they think, wow, that was funny. Or they look at the reaction people have around them. And then, you know, it's like, well, I should really, you know, the, the last gig I did, I did like maybe eight minutes on racism and how being, you know, a white dude, you get to hear things that. Uh, people who aren't white here, yeah, and it's all about how, how to how do you react to that? How do you how do you respond? Um, so, and that you know, you just take that out of your life, and then you string a few things together that make it coherent.
0: Yeah. Do you? Do, is it? So, ra- you talk you talk a lot about racism in your in your standup.
1: I can, yeah, yeah, because I'm a white guy, and you get to hear things. <laughs> so, I mean, it's so like, hey, that's not right. <laughs> people tell you stuff for being white. Well, not only am I white, sir, but I am a white middle-aged man with gray hair and I'm tall.
0: Yeah, but you're not – see, yeah, well, see, you're tall, okay. So, I mean, so, so, so they think – So, like... you know, if,
1: if you don't know me that well, if we're just <laughs> hanging out, you know, there is just an assumption. Because, okay, okay, so so you're of Mexican descent, correct? Yes, that is correct. All right, so when you're hanging out with other people of Mexican descent – Mm-hmm. Are there things that you guys talk about or use language that you may not want to use around people who are not of Mexican descent? Well,
0: sometimes the the Spanish slang comes in. I'm not much of a, a good Spanish speaker, but um, <laughs> yes, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, most. Yeah. I, I, sometimes here. I mean, I'm not freaking Donald Sternling it up with Mexican jokes and things
1: like right, that. Right, you know? right, 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 right. So so yeah, you hear things, and it's like, well, how am I going to respond to that? You know, so there is because the thing is, when you're you are a um, when you know, because I consider myself an invisible minority. Obviously, I'm not a physical minority. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, by looking at me, you would not say, you know, hey, he, this guy, you know, is a minority. In fact, I'm completely not that. you If you, yeah. if you see, so that gives people. Right. they feel certain people feel like they can just run their mouths it doesn't happen that often but i'm like wow that's you know and it's not predictable either yeah wow. you want me to tell you a story tell me a story i'll tell you a story so one day this is when i was still married and i was at a, i was at the everything's i'm gonna fucking tell you it's absolutely true
0: <laughs>
1: so i'm at the bus stop the kids have already gone off the fucking bus. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on the bus, they're gone. And this woman who happens to be Catholic, it, I'm just saying, it, sure. you know, she does the whole prayer thing at the local, at, at, at the local church and everything. And, and, um, and she goes and she tells us who, and of course we're all white people, sure. right? Yeah, because it's like suburban. Yeah. And she goes, um, the house down the street that's for sale was looked at by, wait for it. Mm-hmm. Asians. Did you say Asians? Asians. Wow. And I'm going, okay. And, and, and well, at this point, I still don't know what kind of crazy is about to happen, right? Right, right, right. And, and she goes, yeah, you know, um, if, you know, Asians mm-hmm. don't like oil heat <laughs> because of the smell that the oil furnace makes. Wow. And so... If we want to make sure there aren't Asians moving into the um, the community here, into the neighborhood, you have to make sure that you don't switch over to gas. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck. What's <laughs> happening? Dude, like, like, in all
0: seriousness, that's, that's like something you hear in Texas, man. I wouldn't suspect to hear it in Massachusetts, but it's everywhere, it's, I guess.
1: It, it's It's everywhere. And
0: um, so do you, let me ask you this do you think racism comes from religion or does it come from upbringing Does it come from
1: political It comes views? from our uh, you know I was having this conversation the uh, just last night and what happens right and i don't know if you know a lot about chimpanzees but chimpanzees who are our closest genetic relatives they they're a bunch of fucks <laughs> chimpanzees are fucks I mean I've
0: All seen right? plenty what of the apes a few times i mean like,
1: I see. Right, right, right. But this is legitimate, like, watch the Science. Nature Channel kind of stuff. What happens? You know, because chimpanzees, they live in these little tribes, right? Mm-hmm. And they live in little groups, and they have a territory. They're a territorial species. And what happens is that some of the guys, some of the male chimps, they go around to the uh, border, you know, around the edge of their territory, maybe even to another territory, you know, sure. of another family. Yeah. And if they find a lone chimp just hanging out, minding his own business, they kill that chimp. What the fuck? Because it's a different chimp from another tribe. Wow. And if that doesn't tell you something about our species, I don't know what does. So, so when people talk about about what the what the cause of racism is it's like all right sure there are other contributing factors you know i don't think i don't think religion helps a whole lot if you look at the historical record Mm -hmm. you know uh the old testament supports slavery and there are many verses in the new testament too that support slavery but the base of it the base of it is the fact that we're crazy chimps and we do crazy things because of our genetic heritage yeah for the whole species for everybody
0: wow that's pretty deep shit i never thought of that thought of that hmm Drop so, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that guy has the brain of a of an eighth grader. So I mean, he's, you know my my favorite my favorite sports team. The head coach Greg Popovich has continuously gone off on Trump, Donald Trump. But he hasn't in a couple yeah. of months. Okay, and I have to tell you this because it just really blows my mind. People, because of him going off against Donald Trump, people who are season ticket holders. Have canceled season tickets because of his out- sure. of outcries, and you're just like, "Wow!" And, and and I'm just like, "Okay, so is he really the bad guy, or is he really the good guy?" Because he sees him for what he is, and people yep. don't because they're sticking to their party.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tribalism. I mean, when you think about what the this is, this is why arguments using mm-hmm. facts yeah. don't work. That's what we have to have politically, right? You know, I mean I mean the thing is when you when when I get into a political discussion with somebody, mm-hmm. my first response isn't by using facts. Mm-hmm. My first response because yes, like any other you know, when you're trying to convince somebody of anything, the most important thing you do is to build up an emotional bond with them. Right. You know. So, so if I'm talking to to somebody who is upset about you know, their health premiums going up or about Islamic terrorism. It's like, let's say it's Islamic terrorism, right? It's like, all right, yeah, I'm concerned. I, my kids are going off to um, the UK in mm-hmm. the summer. You know, there was just that knife attack right. that well, killed a bunch of people in London. And to say that that I'm not concerned would be a lie, that's what i would lead with because i want to i want to show that i'm a, i'm a human being i'm not just some kind of computer spouting off fucking facts because people don't give a fuck about facts people care about if you're in their tribe and if you are if you are compassionate if you if if you are concerned about the same things that they're concerned about and it's like yeah i am concerned about this yeah and then i would talk about that for a while but then i'd say you know you have to look at it that you're more than likely going to get killed by uh, struck by lightning than to get killed <laughs> in a terrorist attack. Right, right. But, but you can't lead with that. You can't lead with that. You have to say that yeah, this is a real fear. This is a concern. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it's something I think about. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, man, where can everyone find you on the internet, Andrew?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Laughing in disbelief is my blog. I am at on tw- I'm on Twitter at laugh. Purgatory. I am also on Instagram at atheist fun salad. I know that's crazy. Atheist right? fun salad. Atheist fun salad. Because <laughs> it's a hodgepodge of funny atheist stuff. You can find me on Amazon uh, for my books. My um, official author name is Andrew Scott Hall. Andrew. Scott. I have two. Well, yep. My two books are God's Diary, January 2017. And of course, my vampire book is Vampires, Lovers, and Other Strangers, third edition. I think I plugged everything. I think I plugged you, it. You didn't plug it you know, like, And lastly, the Naked Diner podcast, right? Oh, oh fuck yeah. Yeah, Jack's going to kill me for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that little thing I, that I pour my blood and sweat into, <laughs> the Naked Diner podcast. Yeah, you should do that. We have a, a wide range of guests you do sometimes. I'm drunk and high, sometimes I'm not. It's really, it all depends on how I'm feeling that particular day. So, so do, you, do you
0: and Jack like coordinate before he's like, dude, I'm out of it. You might have to carry this on. Okay, I'm getting drunk and high as we speak.
1: Yeah, you know, Jack will tell me if because you have to coordinate your forces, you know, mm-hmm. you have to coordinate. Yeah. And so, Jack will say something like, Let you know, I know that Jack's had a really tough week at work. Mm-hmm. You know he's had a written he's had to write some kind of huge book document paper mm-hmm. of some kind that has thirty chapters in it I don't know <laughs> and and so and he's been like three hours of sleep like a couple of days during the week and so all right. the thing is is that this guest is his guest it's mm-hmm. someone that he personally knows right and, and so my big my big role is to shut the fuck up. To tell you the truth, wow. because if Jack knows the person and he, you know, and, and, and as you can tell, you know, I like to run my mouth. I like to run my, and sometimes I get very, you know, I, I'm like a dog chomping at the bit, or horse <laughs> chomping at the bit. There's a bit somewhere in an animal, but, and the animal's yeah. very excited. And so that's me. And and in this particular episode, I just have to like shut the fuck up and let you know Jack do a well, good push of the talking.
0: Well, you know, when we go when I go back and listen to the the naked diner episode I was on, and then the one you were on, you guys were on my show after. You did a lot of the talking. Yeah, yeah, no. but but yeah. it was it was still entertaining regardless. Both of all three of us, I think, were on our games that day.
1: I think so too. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a good time. I, I I should listen back to that and you, see you how awesome, awesome you should, I because was. Because I, I yeah. just listened back to it the other day,
0: and like the first thing that starts when you guys get into the show is you pouring a shot of, of tequila.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah,
0: your girl. You you kept saying that. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to my girlfriend real quick, bro. Give me a second. I was like, oh, okay. Right, right. <laughs> I was very yeah. Well,
1: you know, I I I can be pretty funny if, oh. if- entertaining, dude. Entertaining. I, that's what I aspire to be <laughs> hey, hey I should say something well, like thanks for having me on yeah, of course because gonna, that's, that's what that's... people do right that's what people say thanks for having me on <laughs> you know, because no one's no one's holding a gun to your fucking head this is, well that's true too yeah that's true I don't have legions of fans saying dude have Andy Hall on no no, no <laughs> you do have the goodness of your heart so I appreciate you yeah, having no, man. me on.
0: thanks man thanks for coming on man. I appreciate it All right, guys, and that was my conversation with Andy Hall. Please take the time to check out the Naked Diner podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to them. They were actually number one on Stitcher for a couple of weeks. They actually passed Mark Marin's podcast, WTF, which is amazing. It's a great show. They talk to different people, all walks of life, comedians, you know, people in religion with the atheist, satanic temple. Uh, people from all all over the place it's a really fun podcast and it's an entertaining podcast and i think you hear the wittiness between jack and andy on the podcast every week and it's quite hilarious it's very entertaining uh make sure you can follow you follow uh andy on twitter at at i think it's laugh purgatory andy correct me if i'm wrong i want to say it's it's a it's laugh at laugh purgatory i'm gonna i'm gonna let me just uh confirm this while i'm here in the car still waiting to uh take care of my stuff here let's see here let's um if i had that ability to do that okay so yeah it is at laugh purgatory follow him on twitter and he is a he's got a blog too at patios.com laughing and disbelief go to patios.com slash laughing and disbelief or no yeah patheos.com slash blog slash laughing and disbelief he's got some great stuff on there andy thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you to all of you for listening to the show every week i hope you enjoyed this show i hope you continue to enjoy the show i've also got a side podcast now with uh with heel face wrestling called running the ropes podcast Uh new episode's gonna be dropping next week it's gonna be nice i'm looking forward to putting that one together for you all if you listen to wrestling have a laugh have an enjoy it it's entertaining right also, Pick and Row Show is another show I'm doing again, twice a month, probably. <laughs> I say probably because we do it like every three or four weeks. But anyway, um, we got some social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Al Santos Jr. You can go to Facebook.com slash Hold of Row. You can check out my Facebook page. And uh, again, write the review on iTunes and check out uh, my Patreon page if you want to donate a couple of bucks. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. I got somebody staring at me and he's wondering, why is this guy talking into a microphone in that parking car? so I'm going to take off. You guys have been listening to The Wall of Row, and stay tuned as The Wall of Row turns. Have a great weekend, everyone.